Hi everyone. Welcome to episode 1 of the Mindweave podcast. I'm your host Sandeep Santosh. Today I'm joined with one of my friends who I've known for 2 years or so. His name is Evan Kumar. Evan is basically an upcoming doctor and he works with one of the leading Melbourne metropolitan hospitals. We speak about his journey, how exactly he's continued with his life, and also he shines his light upon his new and upcoming podcast called Podstetrics. So tell me something about yourself, Evan. What do you do? Uh, so how are you going, Sandeep? Um, so thank you for the kind introduction. Um, so yeah, my name's Evan. Um, I'm currently a final year medical student. Um, so soon to be doctor. Um, I'm also involved in some research at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and then obviously, you know, as a human being, um, I've also got some hobbies and stuff like that that I like to do in my spare time. Oh, sick! So you've been currently working with a major metropolitan hospital in Melbourne, yeah? How's that mm-hmm. for you? Ah, uh, look, it's an extremely rewarding experience. Um, definitely not without its challenges. um but yeah definitely definitely really enjoying it uh, learning a lot um and it's really preparing me um for my future career i suppose mhm how did you end up getting here like how did you end up being a doctor like what was your whole um, like yeah yeah so i suppose my path um into medicine is is not really um one that was a straight line mm-hmm. um so i'm currently a uh, postgraduate medical student but uh medicine wasn't really something that i've kind of always wanted to do um it wasn't something that i was really you know born wanting to do i suppose like a lot of other doctors um so for me i suppose uh, growing up i remember you know being 10 or 11 years old and i always used to watch this show um on tv like without fail um i think it was called rpa so the royal prince alfred um and it used to be a one hour show that used to go on on tvs and uh, on the tvs or and um i would never miss it and even if i did miss it if we had something on um as a family i would always record it on vhs and watch it So I suppose that was my um earliest kind of recollection of medicine. Um and you know it, back then when I was younger medicine was definitely something that I was really interested in but of course um other things came along and that um inspiration kind of fell. Um and for a long time I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I went through year 12 um and then got into university and did you know I still did a degree in in, in the sciences but I was still really uninspired and a little bit lost and not really knowing what I wanted to do. um and it really took me about 6 years probably i would say of life experience um before i decided that medicine was something that i wanted to commit to oh damn now because even i remember when i was small around i think 8 or 9 years old i think the first thing that i really wanted to do was probably like be a pilot and i guess that mm-hmm. was inspiration through swat cats have you watched swat cats no i haven't seen that what is that so it's basically these two cats who fly around the city and they fight crime in their black that's that's riveting <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i've gotten like a good inspiration benchmark yeah but yeah definitely uh well later on in life i definitely wanted to still still be a pilot like ended up mm-hmm. doing like science and yeah just in a while i felt that it wasn't really like the thing to do i guess it just fizzled yeah. out Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you end up like how was your whole process like of getting into medicine like how, like it's it's really it's really interesting to know that you know like 
you meet so many different people all around the world and they have so many different backgrounds i think back in dubai i didn't have that kind of you know that that exposure that probably mm-hmm. i received out here in melbourne and mm-hmm. meeting people of different walks and walks of life i think that was one of the most interesting things and that's why i believe that this podcast wants to do also like that's what i envision it doing like speaking yeah. to like minded people understanding what they do what their passion is what their drive is mm-hmm. so i definitely think yeah i agree with you though sandeep i think uh we learn so much from people's life experiences i suppose because i mean i guess we only have one life there's only so much you can do um but it's always you know really good to kind of learn from what other people have done and really i guess open your eyes to what other people have been through what's perspective on things yeah exactly how's your 6 years of medicine like how did it go because i know people that have done medicine and they've just like kind of lost themselves in between because of the amount of stress and pressure that they go through how's mm-hmm. how's it been for you um i suppose for me like entering medicine as a post graduate and having a very kind of specific idea and plan of what i wanted to do um and also coming from this life experience which i'm sure we're going to touch on later it really gave me uh, i suppose really basically the skills that i needed um to keep me going through you know quite a rigorous and demanding course um i think definitely you know all things happen for a reason and if if i personally had done this you know 4 or 5 years ago when i was a lot younger um i don't know how i would have gone so i definitely think that um you know the time i spent before um and the things that i learned kind of on the way to it definitely gave me the skills i've needed to continue on through the degree nice nice but that's yeah well that's like that's really good man good on you like that that's like a really good achievement like being out a doctor out here especially you guys uh, i believe go through like 5 to 6 years of training um like what was your biggest failure like in this whole process like did you go through failures because i believe that everyone these days like are you know really afraid of failing afraid of not being it perfect the first time but they don't realize that you know it it takes time to reach where you are reaching like how did you mm-hmm. end up like understanding at that point yeah look that's that's a really good question so i suppose if we take a back kind of like to my journey um i remember it was about my third year of my undergraduate degree and i, I had really gone through my degree at this time um really not knowing what i wanted to do so i suppose being like in that situation of not knowing what to do um motivation was low and i you know to be honest i really wasn't studying i really wasn't doing anything and i was really going through this undergraduate degree failing most of my units mm-hmm. um and at the time i didn't have you know many friends in my degree because obviously when you fail units you have to stay back a year and a lot of my friends moved on um and i found it harder to kind of make friends and so i was left in university pretty much going through it by myself having no motivation and pretty much never going to uni um and i remember getting these letters like in you know the second year and the third year in the mail saying you know um you need to go past an academic board if you keep this up you know you're failing most of your units you're not progressing with your study and then it really came to the third year um and i got one of these letters again and to be honest throughout the whole time i never really took them seriously um and i ended up having to go in for this meeting and it was pretty much in front of an academic board um and then really push came to shove and they turned around and they said uh for one year you're excluded from the university 
Um, and I remember sitting there and I was actually quite shocked because up to this point I had taken it kind of as a joke. Um, and I still remember one of the people on that board told me, you know, go off, go do something else and you might find that passion that you had once. Because at the moment when I look at you, I can't see it. Um, and at that time, that didn't really resonate with me. I didn't really get it. I was quite angry at what had happened. And I remember leaving and I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, but the one thing I did do, though, was I, I took a year off from study. Um, and I went and worked and I worked in retail. Um, I made friends in retail. Um, and throughout this time, I really kind of um, basically just did, you know, three or four things. I, I went to work. Uh, I saw friends. I spent time with family. Um, and I spent time alone by myself. Um, and I was kind of through this year that really I was able to distill my basic passions and what I wanted. Um, and I suppose what I wanted to achieve from life, because up to this point, I was just going through it with no real direction. And that's the one big thing, I suppose. So that year gave me that direction. Um, and it was that year that I decided that medicine was something that I wanted to do because I actually got sick close to the end of the year, um, ended up in hospital for about a month. Um, and, you know, seeing how the medical team worked and things like that really um, drove me again to find that passion that I had when I was younger. So I suppose it was that year when I decided I wanted to get into medicine. So I spent some time researching what I needed to get in. Um, and then I started in an undergraduate degree again from scratch. Um, and then from there, I suppose, work forward six years. Um, I got my offer and then I started the degree. So those first three years of, you did medicine those first three years or did you? No, 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 no. I did like a, I did like a basic kind of science course at this time. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I'm pretty sure. When did, when did you have this, like this moment of like recollection, like, um, you know, kind of having that place where you want to do what you want to do? At what age was it? Oh, I think I would have been about 21, 22. Ah, that's, that's good. That's good. Because I think for me personally, it took around 24 to hit him saying that, mm -hmm. oh, you know, I need to get out. I need to figure out what I want to do. And, and I suppose that's the big thing, right? Like uh, everyone is different, I suppose, in this, in the kind of the, the journey to find your vocation, I suppose. Exactly. I think, I think that's, I think that's the most interesting bit because everyone's just bogged down on, you know, reaching there, making, I think society kind of puts those rules on your head. Like mm -hmm. by 28, you need to get married. By 20, by 30, you need to have a house, which are good goals. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're bad goals, but I think circumstances are different. Exactly. And I suppose these are the goals that society has set out for you. They're not necessarily your own goals. Yeah. It's so much easier to pursue your own goals rather than setting out goals that have been, you know, set for you, I suppose. Yeah, I know. Fair enough. What are some of the things that you're researching right now, Evan? Um, so at the moment, my research is really focused on women's health, so obstetric care, um, and that's really care for pregnant women. So um, a lot of my research at the moment is, is, is based on that, so in women's health, and it's really looking at something called meta-research. So meta-research is research on research. Um, so basically what that means is it's, it's looking at research practices. So it's looking at, um, you know, peer-reviewed journals and things like that that are coming out, and it's asking the question, are these journals answering the questions that they set out to answer? Um, and by doing that research, we can really try to drive as much utility and transparency from these articles as we can. Oh, okay. And so that's how your new podcast was born? Yeah, uh, yeah so thank you very much for the shameless plug. Um, <laughs> so 
the the podcast that I'm working on um, at the moment is uh, with one of my best friends, um, and this podcast is called Podstetrics. So P O D S T E R I C S. So obstetrics, but pod. Um, and really, it's a podcast aimed to educate kind of everyone. So whether you're medically versed or not, um, and it really goes through women's health. So it goes through women's health um, topics. Um, you know, things like birth, things like the changes that occur during pregnancy, um, things like contraception even. Um, and then it also will go through some Q&As. So we've got one coming up soon. And they're really people who are in the field. So whether they be doctors or whether they be researchers. Um, and then really analysing some research papers and breaking down kind of the most up-to-date research in women's health. Um, and you can find that at Podstetrics um, on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, and then just search up Podstetrics anywhere you listen to your podcast, so Spotify or Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcast. Sorry, I should say. Yeah, that's fine. You just plugged all your social channels, also. <laughs> you've been you've been far too kind, just letting me speak. I'm sure you might edit this out, but who knows? <laughs> no, well, no, but I hope definitely. Like, if the podcast definitely drives value to your user base, then it makes sense to put it out there. Because yeah, and I, su- I suppose the main thing, though, is like this, the podcast that we're doing um, really is, is ad free and it's, it's not really generating an income. It's more a love project, a passion project. And exactly. it's really about spreading out, you know, that education to the public. Exactly. Yeah. No, this is exactly why I wanted to speak to you. I want to meet. I want to end up speaking to a lot of other people because mm-hmm. the reason why MindWeave also came about was the passion to help people because mm-hmm. the previous year, definitely we went through COVID. I think mm-hmm. that was a really interesting year for all of us. How did that go mm-hmm. for you? How was last year for you? COVID was definitely difficult. Uh, I think the isolation really made us have a very long period of forced introspection. Um, and it really forced us to distill what's most important to us. Um, and I think a lot of us found that that wasn't necessarily money or materialistic things, but it was more time spent outdoors, time spent with family and friends, which has kind of changed a lot, kind of like the way I myself and a lot of people are behaving. I think they said something like, I think the Treasurer of Australia said something like the savings rate actually went up during COVID. Um, so I think it's really shown us that, um, you know, people's basic behaviours have definitely changed. How about yourself? How did you go during COVID? Uh, during COVID, for me, it was a bit challenging because I was in a different space. I was in a different journey altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I feel that personally, during those six months of being locked up at home, I was lucky to be surrounded by friends. Uh, but definitely, like for people who were staying out there alone with like family far away, it had mm-hmm. been a much more difficult situation. But I, I was... I was lucky enough, Touchwood, to have like people around me, but it was difficult. Like two months when we had the whole lockdown thing going on and retail was my kind of go-to at that point mm-hmm. of time. And when we ended up losing shifts and everything, that was really challenging because it kind of felt that felt like I went back home and I was staying with mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. But in a weird way, I was all the way down in Melbourne because... Mm-hmm. Like, as you said, even for me, family became important. Like, I used to constantly speak to my folks where, like, before it used to be, like, once in a while. Now, during the whole COVID period, I think everyone had that emphasis of family or a partner or... Did you know, did you know that the number of dog adop- adoptions went up? 
Yeah, I think at one point during COVID, the dog shelters were just completely sold out. Um, something like that. Like you just couldn't find pet anywhere. Um, exactly. And again, I suppose like taking that back, um, you know, human beings were pack animals, were social creatures. You know, thousands and thousands of years ago, we were, we were nomads. We didn't have houses. We didn't have retail stores. We didn't have anything really. All we had was our tribe. Um, and I think COVID really brought that back. So, you know, even though now we have, you know, brick houses and we have big shopping centers, ultimately humans need a very few things to survive. They need, they need sustenance, whether that be what we ingest um, or who we're around. Um, and I think COVID really kind of brought that out. So what I was going to ask you, so what was your, like, tell me something about when you were like, you know, in your early years, like, what ideas did you have? What, what, what were your plans at that point of time before you end up doing the podcast, before you end up being thinking of doing, you know, you wanted to be a doctor. Like, yes, you had that inspiration at that point of time, but there are certain points in your life and you're like, okay, you know, I really don't know where I am, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure those are the early years. How was those years for you? Look, I suppose for me, like the only kind of one thing I really wanted to get out of my life, I suppose, um, was the ability to to help other people. Um, that sounds very cliched, but um, I've always been the type of person where like I truly derive joy um, when someone else benefits. So like I, I have this weird thing where, you know, say if I had $100 in my wallet and I went and spent $100 on a shirt for myself, generally after I walk out of the store, I kind of regret my purchase. But if I'm out with friends or something like that and I shout dinner, then there'll be no worry on my mind. So I guess that's kind of always been the way I've worked. I, I kind of get my, my um, you know, gratification from helping other people. And um, so I kind of always knew I wanted a career in that. I just didn't know at the time what it would be. Um, and I suppose that's what really took me a while to find. So that was really the main thing in my younger years. I knew that was the type of person I was. I just wasn't quite sure how that would fit in later. Yeah. No, definitely. I think gratification is one thing that definitely drives us to like, yeah, I think, I think it's very, it's, it's like in today's world when we are so into like different trends, different hypes of people getting different products, I think being humble and knowing what you really want, I think that just adds more value to your life. A hundred percent. I suppose if you're happy with where you are, you're going to be a happier person. More people are going to like you. And so you yourself will become happier. In the same way, if the opposite happens and you end up doing something that you don't want to do and you're an unhappy person, well, then not many people like an unhappy person. And so that could, you know, make you even unhappier. Exactly. No, but but you've been like an instrumental support though. Like, thank you for that. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, No, mate, any time. I'm very flattered to be the first person on this podcast. When this thing hits like a million views, uh, people are probably going to look back and say, why did you get that random dude onto your podcast? Like you've got all these famous people now. Who's that guy? <laughs> no, we just, I will, I will stand by my people. So it, it should be all good. Don't worry. <laughs> good man. Uh, what, what are the three most, like the most influential people in your life right now? Like someone who you aspire Ooh. to be. Someone who I aspire to be. That's a very hard question. Um, Three people who I aspire to be like. 
Um, I would say one would probably be Nelson Mandela. Okay. Why? Um, I mean, just, you know, a human being that stood in front of so much adversity. I mean, I suppose another person I'm inspired by is Martin Luther King Jr. as well. But, you know, they're two people who stood in the face of adversity. Um, and even though at the time, you know, a whole nation was against them, they still stood steadfast in their moral beliefs. Um, they would probably be the two that really inspire me, you know, because I, I want to be one of those people. I want to be someone with conviction. And I want to be someone who has, you know, the moral decency to stand up for other people, even when, you know, the status quo is against me. I think it takes a very special person to be able to do that. You know, it's really easy to stand up for people when everyone is behind you, but it's really hard when everyone's against you. So yep. I think for me, they're definitely two of the most influential people. Okay. What's your third one? Did you think about another one? Well, I think I've only got two for now. Uh, come back to me on another episode. <laughs> we <laughs> probably, hopefully your podcast reach, reaches to like, like large waves and then, you know, we'll be like cross putting our podcast together. It'll be like the oh, imagine X. What's <laughs> <laughs> Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. So Evan, if you could change the world, what would you do and why? Well, that is a very, very hard question. But I suppose one of the main things that I would do is I would want to target um, the maternal death rate that currently exists. So I guess let me shine some light on this. So, you know, the World Health Organization, which is like the big kind of medical body in the world, estimates that there's about 300,000 women that die every, every year from pregnancy-related causes. So, I mean, really, if we think about that, that's 800 plus women a day. And really, if we break that down even further, you know, 200,000 of those deaths happened in Africa um, and then 66,000 happened in Southeast Asia. So, you know, about 66 to 70% of all maternal deaths occur in Southeast Asia, uh, in South Asia, sorry, um, and in that sub-Saharan African picture. And really to put that even more into perspective, if we look at a woman who lives in Scandinavia and a woman that lives in Africa, in Nigeria, that woman in Africa is 200 times more likely to die compared to a woman in Scandinavia. And so for me, that would be something that I would just love to just eradicate straight away. Um, because there's no reason why someone should go into their birth and be 200 times at risk of dying um, through things that we can prevent really easily easy complications that can be managed if there were the resources but there just aren't the resources um, and you know birth is something that just people take for granted you know I mean a country like Australia where we are it, it's normal to go into a hospital to have birth and to come out as a family but in many places around the world it doesn't happen it doesn't occur so I think that would be one of the main things that I would like to target and that kind of obviously is you know expected because that's kind of like the field that I'm going down yeah yeah. Is there any correlation? Is it is it because of the facilities that they are provided with? Is very you know, it's it's just it's just a multifactorial type of thing. It's it's the facilities, it's the fact that, you know, a lot of these women um have at, at increased risk of complications because of things like malnutrition. It's because of the way that the facilities um are kept because of money and because of funding. You know, it's really hard to have, you know, a a really well-kept clean facility if you're not funded, for example. So there's just a multitude of things that come together um, 
to give you what we have. Okay. Um, do you, when, when you do your research, see, because this is quite a very in, intense and interesting topic. Like, how mm-hmm. do you keep on top of your mental health? Because it's so much information for you to go through. It's so much information for you to understand. And since you're really passionate about what you do, like, how do mm-hmm. you stay on top mentally? How do you, like, build a purpose out of it? Just for me, the way kind of I think about it is every single thing that I read, every single thing that I learn and commit to memory, and then every single word that I write when I'm doing research is all aiming to better the field that I'm in. So it's really important to, to look at stuff and to be sad or to, you know, um, be jaded. But if I was to be sad and if I was to be jaded when I'm getting out these things from my research, I think personally it's a disservice because I feel like I don't have the right to be sad and to be jaded because of these experiences that other people go, go through. I, I have the duty to be empathetic and to understand But I feel like if I then cloud that with sadness, then I'm really doing even more of a disservice because I'm not committing the resources that I have to try and better the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's been, it's been amazing talking to you, Evan, like to understand your story, to know your journey, to know what inspired you, what got you to where you are right now. And as... someone who knows you um it's is something really great to look forward to and mm-hmm. i wish you all the best that you would want, ever want to achieve i hope you achieve everything and hopefully this gives all of our the listeners the future listeners inspiration in terms of you know going ahead and getting what you really want because like in like our culture So I would say my culture is like if you end up being a doctor like we normally lead those five six years we end up doing those examinations we end up doing everything in our power but it's really amazing for a fact that you know you could take that break for a year and then come back to your passion and then kind of ace it at where you are right now look mate thank you so much for the kind words you know I wish you all the luck in this podcast I really hope it does you know succeed and take off and more people get to hear these conversations um and if i can i would just like to leave i suppose your listeners with a closing kind of statement yep and it's really a statement about you know my biggest piece of advice if i could go back in time and give myself some advice what would it be and for me my biggest piece of advice is just never be stagnant you know if if you want to dream something always reach for the cloud. If you're on the earth, reach for the cloud. And then when you finally get to the clouds, reach for the moon. When you finally reach for the moon, reach for a star. Never stop. Always try for self-growth, always try for self-improvement and for betterment. Um, but more importantly, try to do that while enriching the lives of people around you. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Evan. That was an amazing closing note, though. Thank you. Hopefully... Thank you. I call you on for more podcasts and let's see how we go from here. I hope so man if I don't get a call back I take that as a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh I I I think I'll text you back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I'll message you. <laughs> <laughs> Th- thanks uh thanks Ivan for the first episode thanks of Mind Weave. See you soon. Bye bye. Okay.